Well, that's where we left everybody last year in the Czech Republic with Canada taking home the gold. Hi, everybody. I'm Bryn Griffiths, and Paul Almeida joins me on Canada Fans World Junior Tour podcast. Paul, how are you? And uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And here we are in a completely different world than we were last year. We're in the same city, but we're not even in the same room because of the COVID stuff that's going on. And we're, uh, we're social distancing. We're social distancing. I actually think we'll get along better this year (laughs) being separated. (laughs) Do you want to squeezing my arm anymore when you don't like what I say? I I don't, I did. I I don't think I did that once. Stop, (laughs) stop spreading bad rumors like that. Hey, I, I, I let's do a quick little recap here before we start talking about what we watched on, uh, on obviously on Wednesday night and getting us ready for Team Canada's first matchup on Boxing Day. But, man, it's hard to believe where the year is gone. A big thank you to everybody for all of their notes. We've done a few podcasts since, but uh, it's great to see everybody so charged up about things. Oh, it's great to, uh, you know, have the World Juniors back. Uh, There's a little bit of worry that it might uh, not go ahead, but uh, thankfully uh, they've gotten through getting everybody to Edmonton, uh, a couple teams had some issues with positive tests, but uh, overall, we've already had exhibition games, and the two teams that are quarantining, Sweden and Germany, uh, sound like they're ready to go for the first game. Let's uh, let, let's talk briefly about how they've handled things in the bubble. Now, Edmonton's had a little experience because of what they did with the National Hockey League this past summer. So I guess we're turning into the city of bubbles for the most part. Yep. But it sounds like everything's gone pretty smooth to this point. Just getting some comments from people that I know inside the bubble, they say it's been spectacular. Well, and like you said, I mean, uh, the experience that the people in Edmonton have with the NHL, I mean, that was a two-month affair. This is a two-week affair. So for them, the timeline is not as long, but I think it was a little bit more, uh, there's a bit more nervous uh, leading up to it because of the uncertainty as to whether the tournament was going to go ahead at all. Yeah, And I think it was almost day to day till, you know, really the exhibition game started as to whether, you know, everything was going to go well because the guys, all the teams when they arrived did their testing and then they had to wait three, four days for their results. And then of course, when the results came back and we saw that uh, some of the Swedish staff uh, were infected and some of the German players were infected, then there was a little bit of worry as to what happens when the next set of tests, when they come out if there are further players or staff that are, uh, you know, come back positive with COVID, it could really throw the tournament for a loop. I know that they had some, uh, you know, ways to go ahead with the tournament with two less teams, but I don't think that would have gone over really well, especially if one of the teams would have been Sweden, who are usually one of the top teams in the tournament. To lose a team like Sweden, that would have hurt. That was an interesting story that uh, has kind of caught up to us over the last couple of days. You you mentioned the the coaching staff of Team Sweden. There were a couple of practices where their team doctor had to lead the practices. Mm-hmm. Want to talk about? Can you imagine? Uh, 
it's, it's, I thought it was a crazy story when I heard it uh, on the broadcast the other night. It just, But, you know, you do what you got to do when you're here. Absolutely. I mean, they have to get their teams healthy. Uh, both of those teams have to quarantine until uh, actually today, the 24th. So, uh, you know, the tournament starts tomorrow. And uh, tomorrow you have uh, the Germans playing Finland right away. I mean, the Swedes don't play until Boxing Day like Canada, but uh, for the Germans... Uh, they had eight players that were infected. Uh, I assume that they've got to clear their tests before some of those players are allowed to play. So they may be shuffling their roster as well. We do have to remind folks that the Canada Fans World Junior Tour podcast is powered by Azercan.net. Let's uh, let's talk about the podcasting schedule coming up over the next week and a half or so. Where do you want to start? Well, we'll uh, be posting all our podcasts on our Facebook page. Um, as well as uh, on the Azercan Twitter, uh, Azercan Global. And uh, the Facebook page is called Azercan World Juniors Hockey Tours. If you haven't uh, gone on there yet and uh, uh, become a member of the page, please do so because uh, we're also putting up daily uh, a look back at what we did last year in the Czech Republic. And uh, we'll also be posting information on future tours and also you know, all of our podcasts will be uh, posted up there so you don't miss them. I, I got to say, I've been blown away by the response off of all those pictures from last year. And not only that, people are excited about this year. People are excited are. about next year, and we don't know what's going to happen next year. We're hoping that we're back to more of a normal routine. But people are talking yeah. about Russia and Sweden already, and I think that's amazing. We have had about 20 people register on the priority list in the last three days for Russia, Sweden. So I think that's going to pick up during the tournament. Yeah. So you can, you can see already that the interest is there from a lot of people in terms of when there is the opportunity to travel again and go to the world juniors, we're going to have a lot of people interested. And on the website, we already have a page dedicated for Russia 2023 and for Sweden 2024. If you want to look at some early information that uh, uh, we have up there. Let's talk about 2023 for a minute, because this is one, this, the location for this one is, is right in the middle of Siberia. And while, yep. while we are talking here, let me, I'm just going to take a look at what the weather forecast is like there for the next couple of days. But there's a lot of people that are, I don't know if they're scared of Russia, of going and traveling yep. for Russia, but we're going as a group and that'd be a blast. And also we've got some great things planned before and after, but, uh, the, the I don't know if it's, uh, it, it, to me, I think it would be a tremendous experience. Uh, let me just, let's set the tone here. Edmonton currently is plus six right now, which is, am right. is amazing. And let's look ahead to Christmas Day and Boxing Day. We have a high in Edmonton of minus four and minus wow. seven. Okay, so that's... That's, that's short what, weather. That's what it's like here. <laughs> now, if we're talking about what it's like over in Russia, currently it's minus seven and it's mm -hmm. snowing. They're looking for a daytime high on Christmas Day of minus 17. And then the daytime high on Boxing Day. Fasten your safety belts for this one. A high, a beautiful high of minus 34. In Novosibirsk? Yes, that's the high for Saturday. <laughs> the overnight low, minus 42. Now, wow. I see, here's the thing, and this is, might be a Canadian thing for me. I can deal with some weather like that. I just couldn't deal with a whole winter like that. You know, it's like it's. A, I, I would take it on as a challenge. Now the weather does bounce back nicely. It averages out around minus ten to minus fourteen. Yeah. 
through the entire. We've event. all had that. Hey, we've all had that here in Edmonton. Uh, where yeah, in most places that across. Siberian, the Siberian high coming from Novosibirsk itself. Yeah, like most uh, places across Canada, we'll get a, a little bit of that as well. But I just I wanted to have a little fun, and I've been watching that one very carefully the last yeah, couple of days eh? just to see what's been going on there. So. Anyway. Well, I think, uh, actually, actually, Bryn, I think the interest in Russia is quite high. I mean, a lot of the people that have gone on our priority list are interested in Russia and Sweden. Yes. So uh, I'm kind of surprised, you know, uh, by the interest in Russia, but it's there. And people are also interested in going to St. Petersburg before the tournament and Moscow after. I think it's just an element of mystery about Russia. Some people are scared by mystery. Some people want to take it on. I'm one of those. I'm yeah. the latter. I, I, I think that it would be a great, uh, great I just think it'd be a great trip. And if I'm we're, intrigued. If we're, yeah, intrigue is a great word to use. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about Canada-Russia. It was the, uh, it, it's kind of a pre-tournament matchup for both teams. What pace to that game on uh, It was a good game. On Wednesday you know, I thought, uh, I thought it was a great game. I thought, uh, you know, you could see that there's a little rust on both sides where yeah. guys haven't played with each other very much. Uh, but you also see that the players are really eager to get going. Like they want to play well. They're also fighting for spots, you know, playing time and during the tournament. Some of these guys are fourth liners, third liners. They don't want to be there during the tournament. They want to play a bigger part and uh, guys want to play hard for their country. I thought Canada was uh, very good. I thought they dominated a lot of the possession. So I thought the energy level of the game last night was really good. Yeah. Uh, the the Russians and the Canadians were both skating hard. I mean, the kids were trying hard. They want to be playing as hard as they can. They want to play as much as they can in the tournament, and they're all trying to impress their coaching staff to get on the better lines and get some power play time and everything else. I thought both teams were a little bit sloppy, but I think that's just timing. They haven't had the opportunity to play together yet for very much, and as they do, then I think they're going to be able to you know, get their chemistry going. And the good thing for these teams is they got those round-robin games to get to get going before the real game start. They're both not going to have a problem making the playoffs. Oh, no. No, no, you're right. You the, know, they both have the talent to get far in the tournament, that's for sure. Just the, from a note from the Russians, I thought that Yegor Chinnikov, who Columbus picked 21st overall, and everybody was surprised because he was the 30th-ranked European yeah. in the draft. And I thought he was their most dangerous player. He had that breakaway at the end of the game. He had a couple of other good shots. But the guy, of course, that impresses me the most is the goaltender Askarov. Absolutely, uh, he's he's a guy. He's, you can see why he got picked where he got picked. Nashville oh, got a I good was, one there. A great. I was could hoping he'd fall one. to the Oilers. Yeah, I was hoping he'd fall to the Oilers, but of course, uh, somebody was going to take him. I thought for sure he was going to go in the top ten, though. He struggled a little bit at the tournament last year, but this year he looks lights out. And I, you know, if the Russians can keep teams to the outside, yeah, and let him see the puck, he might win them the tournament. He very well could be, and I think that the experience he's uh, acquired at the K level has also helped. He, somebody's been working with him. He looked he looked great, I thought. The other thing, too, that and it was pointed out on the television broadcast, and, and it was a good point by Gord Miller about the fact that because of the situation this time around, everybody was able to dress last night. Everybody. Yeah. So yeah. And, and I was following along on Twitter, and some fans were being overly critical of Team Canada because the this guy or that guy wasn't playing enough. And I thought, yeah. this is the only time you're going to get to play these That's kids right. in every different situation and see what you have, that you can't be worried about. The guy didn't get as much ice time as he expected. This isn't, this isn't what that game was for. That no. game was an opportunity for the coaches to put these kids into certain situations to see how they'd handle it. 
And you know as well as I do, as soon as the big guys get in a rhythm and get that extra ice time, oh yeah, that's when they really get going. You know, for some of these guys that are used to playing 20 minutes a game, to play 10 or 12, they don't get in that game as, as much as they usually do, right? And you could tell on the power play that it wasn't crisp. But I, I tell you, I, I like Canada's depth. I mean, we can talk as well about Kirby Doc. Yeah, let's let's get into that right now before we start taking a look at the rest of the team because it was a weird injury. He's Luke out. Injured. He's out out for the tournament. He's yep. going to be going back to be observed by the Chicago Blackhawk doctors, who obviously it's a fracture. They're saying that he could miss half of the NHL season. Wow, when it gets going, but if he goes back and has to have surgery, he might be gone for the entire year. And yeah, there's, a, tough, th- there's a couple of ways of looking at it, and we can break that down. One, huge loss for Team Canada. Two, huge loss for Chicago. And teams in the NHL are very leery to watch kids go back to play in this event. And I would yeah. think that this is just going to make that even worse. Well, especially, you know, you look back at the decision that the Rangers made not letting Lafreniere come. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in hindsight, uh, it's the right decision for them because imagine if they would have lost Lafreniere for them, that's their big ticket player uh, going forward. And, you know, just looking at Canada's forwards, losing Kirby Doc on that top line is going to hurt, but they're deep. Last night, you know, I really like Connor McMichael. Yeah. He scored five goals for Canada last year. And I think he could easily be pushed up onto that line. And Byfield, I thought was very good last night. I thought so too. You know, I thought he was a lot of good there. He was skating. He could easily slide up into that third line center spot where McMichael is. What about uh, defensively? I thought they were rock solid back there. And uh, Netminder, you know, last year, well, we saw it was a crazy, it's crazy the way the netminding situation worked out in the Czech Republic. But I I don't think we're going to see that happen here. Levi looks good. I think so, too. You know, too. Devin Levi looked very good last night. You know, there were a couple of times uh, that he, you know, looked like he was scrambling a little bit, but he recovered and made the save. And, uh, you know, you never know till the real game start, Bryn, like last year. Right. We changed the goalies halfway through, and then Hoffler came in and won the won the tournament for him. It was very good. Yeah. Uh, as for defense, I mean, you got Bowen Byram and Jamie Drysdale. Those guys are going to play half a game for you. Oh, I know. That's two guys that are experienced that have gone through this before they were on the gold medal team last year they're two horses that you could put out there against anybody so i'm not concerned at all about canada's defense they're very mobile they move the puck really well and byron last last night i mean he had one shift where he went around the net twice i know he just kept going and going until finally he put it on net and drysdale i also thought looks fantastic last night in that matchup. Well, he scored the goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and he also realized that it's not how hard you shoot the puck, it's where you shoot it. Because yep. that, that puck just found its way there. So No, it was very good. So I, I think from a roster perspective, I don't think it's quite as good as, we you know, the Crosby-led team that had all the, those stacked players. But I think this is a more than capable Canada team to win this tournament. Well, you and I have watched this tournament enough, and a lot of people have, to understand that it really does boil down to three things primarily. Your power play's got to go, and yep. uh, and Team Canada have lived and died at this event with their power play. Your goaltending has got to be exceptional, and last year we saw them start soft, and the goaltending really came on at the end and won it. And team depth, 
And that's why, as much as it really hurts to see Kirby Doc's injury, yep. the fact that they've got so much depth on that team, I'm not overly concerned about it. They'll find a way to get it done. So, well, 21st rounders. 21st yeah, rounders on the team. And the youngest kid is Byfield, and he was there last year. Yeah. So they don't have, you know, they have one draft-eligible player, and that's uh, one of the goaltenders, uh, Taylor Gauthier, and he didn't even dress last night. So it's a, it's a more veteran team than what they had last year and what they normally have just because a lot of these guys aren't at NHL camps right now. Hey, do you think that the Russians are as deep or have, uh, to me, and it's hard to gauge in a game like that. Yeah. And and a lot could boil down to the coaching, too. I mean, we have Igor Larionov back at the bench. Defense I mean, first, my friend. Yeah, absolutely, with him. And when you have the goalie, why not? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think if they're going to win the gold, it's going to start with the man between the pipes and move Absolutely. back. But boy, they were a hungry and a hard team to play last year for team Canada. Certainly the worst spanking they've ever had at the world juniors. And then to come back and do what they did on rally the way they did in the third period to win the goal last year. I just don't know if the Russian team is quite at the same level, but we'll see. Yeah. They don't look as explosive to me offensively. Yeah. Like I say, you know, Chinnikov looked uh, stood out to me, but maybe that's because not too many other guys stood out very much. But and it I, could be as well. I mean, these guys, this is their first game. You got to wait and see after yeah. a couple of games. Don't forget, last year they lost to the Czechs the first game, correct? And then they pounded Canada pretty good. So yeah. maybe they need a game or two to get going, and it might be a different Russian team by the time we hit the the playoffs in the quarterfinal. Let's talk about Canada's first game which will be against Germany who will not have had any warm up at all for this because of the covid situation with their team that game goes on boxing day saturday the 26th the face off is a 4 o'clock mountain time start and uh i guess let's let's start with the germans eight positives on arrival and then they eight had to quarantine, and had to quarantine until today yeah and they they play christmas day against finland first and then they play Canada second, so they're going to have to go back-to-back. Back. And We don't even know what roster they're going to have yet because those players have to be cleared. And when you look at their uh, roster, I mean, they have 25 players available. They had eight positives. They had no exhibition games like Sweden, who also had positive tests and had to quarantine. So as you mentioned, they haven't had a warm-up, a tune-up game at all. They've lost some players in Germany before they even got here because they tested positive there. And, you know, Tim Stutzla is their top player. Drafted third overall by the Ottawa Senators. And Alex He's Trebek. carry the mail. And by Alex Trebek. And by Alex Trebek. Still That's a highlight awesome. moment for me at the draft. I thought that was oh, just... Oh, absolutely. A, I thought that was fantastic. And I don't know if they even get Jeopardy in, uh, in Germany or not, but uh, I think he was just excited to get drafted. But looking forward to seeing him play for Ottawa at some point. But you're right. Uh, there's, uh, there's some other guys, though. They had to leave yep. one big guy behind who tested positive. And yeah, Lucas Reichel. Yeah, that, that's going to hurt. Selected, he scored three of their nine goals last year. Selected by Chicago, 17th overall. Yep. So that's that, that's going to leave them with a little less offense. But, let, you know, there's some positives coming out of Germany right now, and and it's great to see. Oh, they're Leon, producing top players, man. Le, Leon Dreisaitl's story this past year has been oh. amazing and to be selected the athlete of the year in Germany. I think that that's fantastic and only does great positive things for the game of hockey in Germany. 
and Alfonso Davies, the athlete of the year in Canada, playing in Germany. So yes, yeah, <laughs> the the Edmonton kid. It's who would have uh, bet on that twenty years ago, Bryn? Crazy, crazy story that a hockey player from Germany would be the NHL MVP and a soccer player from Edmonton playing in Germany would be the Canadian athlete of the I know. year. It's just, it's, it's as bizarre and a wonderful story as you're going to find. Hey, one other thing for Germany, there's really not a lot of pressure here. It's just get no. better because there's no relegation for them. It's a no just, relegation. Just come out and play. Yeah. And the thing is they have those two games against Slovakia and Switzerland. That's going to be their measuring stick. You know, if they can give the Finns a good game on the first day, depending on what their roster is, hopefully yeah. they have most of their players back. Another big guy that they don't know if they're going to get back is uh, John Jason Paterka, who was drafted 34th by Buffalo. He was one of the guys that tested positive, I think. So they don't know his status yet for the tournament. Um, so for them, I think it's all about, you know, showing well, having a good tournament. And like you said, the pressure's off. They know they're back again here next year. The event gets going on Christmas Day, which is a, a little unusual. We haven't had that for a while, but we have, as you mentioned, Germany and Finland and Russia and the U.S. will be the late evening game on Christmas That'll Day. That'll be a great game. It should be fantastic. I I, I watched the the Americans play earlier, and I, I liked what I saw out of that squad, too. They will be tough, as they always are at this event. Yeah, uh, you know, the usual top four, Canada, U.S., Germany, Sweden, I think. Yeah, and you can never... Germany, wait. did I say Germany? I meant Russia. Yeah, and, and Finland, you know, is always going to be ha- hovering around. They're lurking. This They're is, always uh, lurking, this is what waiting makes, for the opportunity. This is what <laughs> makes this such a great event. <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's talk about our podcast schedule because uh, obviously we're going to be around. It seems bizarre to me that we traveled as far as we did last year to be at this event, and now it can't be more than a five-minute, ten-minute drive for me over to the arena, and we can't go? We can't go, man. We're here. And here we are. And, and we're farther apart this year than we were last year. Uh, it's exactly right. It's just been really, really bizarre. But uh, let's tell people how they can track down some information on our podcasting. Well, the podcast uh, will be going uh, after every Canada game. We'll be doing a podcast after the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the finals as well. Uh, our Facebook page, will be putting the podcast up on there. So that's an easy place for you to find it at Azarkan World Juniors Hockey Tours uh, Facebook page. We'll also have it on our website, the link uh, where you can get uh, to it. Plus, we have info on Russia and Sweden, the future tours. And we'll be tweeting it out as well on mine and your uh, you know, Twitter handles, uh, Bryn Mighty Mouth. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's my my uh, handle, and also we'll have a link available on my website, which is mightymouth.ca as Perfect. well. But the other thing too, if you subscribe to us last year, and a lot of people did, yep, it'll pop up on your usual ear candy site. So, like if it's yep. Apple or Google or Spotify, you'll get us the exact same way you did last year. Perfect, perfect. So you'll get all our uh, podcasts again. We'll be doing them after every Canada game and after. Our- uh, each day of the playoffs. So we look forward to talking to you guys again and giving you guys some uh, information on the tournament and uh, our thoughts on the tournament. And uh, we'd like to wish you guys a Merry Christmas and uh, all the best to you and your family. Stay safe and hopefully we can get together again in a couple of years. But in the meantime, uh, we just want to be able to, uh, share with you a little bit about, uh, what's going on here in Edmonton and the tournament. 
Okay, and we'll check in with everybody coming up right after the very first Team Canada game on Boxing Day. Give us about a half an hour to an hour, and we'll be joining you. Paul, thanks. I got I got to get some packing done here. I got to. I'm. Where are you those, going? Well, not packing, but I got to. I, I don't. I can't say too much because people might oh. be listening. But I got to get those gifts wrapped. Oh, wrapping! I leave it always to the last moment. I'm also a guy, so it's always traditionally kind of a a little uh, holiday gift yeah, bag. I have to. I can't fold and I can't do the things with the bows and everything like that. I'd have to admit I do have to wrap a gift still. Okay. Well, we're out of here. Thanks, and we'll talk to you in a day or so, okay? Merry Christmas, everyone. All right. They're trying to turn the lights off, and they turned them off.